Good evening, and welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. Today we have on Jeff. Jeff is famously from Naked Ray Gun. How are you doing tonight? I'm great. Doing really good, thanks. Well, thank you for coming on. It's, it's a pleasure to have you um, and taking time with me. So, people that don't know Jeff, he's been in a few bands, most famously with Naked Ray Gun, and they're back, and they've got a great album out. It's 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 unbelievable how uh, current sounding. It straddles old school punk with new sound. Like, it just fits in perfectly with the bands have kind of copied the old school of, of punk. It's great. I mean, you have a great ear for melody, which has always been your thing. Thank um, you. You're welcome. So just so the audience doesn't know what I want to do real quickly, I'm just going to tell them, and you can jump fill the spots in a minute. Um, Jeff first started out, he did, he was in big black for about a couple of years, played bass. Then he went into naked uh, Reagan for quite a while. And then in the interim, a band called the bomb, which is a great band also check out. And then back in the naked Ray gun, so we'll just give there like in too too deep. I guess the first the first um question is you guys got back together on a reunion show, right? Was it two thousand and seven or something, eight? Yeah, around then, yeah. What made the deal that you guys wanted to come back and you're like you guys were really back? I mean, you kind of well, went off to your thing. Mike from Riot Fest, Mike Patrician, he runs Riot Fest. He runs Riot Fest Records. He's just defunct, but he runs Riot Fest, the, the festival. Mm-hmm. He kind of put us back together. He got to call us all up, put us one in one, all in one meeting, and we talked about getting back together, and he would manage us. So he's, he's, he's just sort of a powerful guy. So he could he get us into Riot Fest Denver, and Riot Fest Chicago, and Riot Fest uh, Philadelphia we played. Yeah. It was really good. It was really, he was really good. He was a good manager for a while there, and... Uh, made some decent bucks and got some good shows and got a lot of crowd in front of us. So oh, good to be back? Yeah, it was good to be back. It was good to be back, yeah. Well, as a fan, I was glad to hear that, too. It was really good. I mean, you guys are back and we, we should be. Um, Maybe it would be West Coast Tour. And we played a couple off, 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 off one-off states. Um, played uh, one-offs in uh, in uh, Long Beach and uh, Los Angeles, too. Mm-hmm. So... so- in a, in a nutshell, you guys, so you've done a, a ton of albums and you're, you're super melodic. Now you play bass, r- guitar, and piano, right? Or a little of all, is it, am I missing anything? Yeah, I can, I can fake it on every instrument, basically. I can fake, I fake, it, fake, it, fake it pretty good. I play, I play piano, I play right hand twice, you know? So I, 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 <laughs> I hear piano on your solo stuff, right? Is that you? Yeah, that's uh, me. Chinese walls? Chinese wall, right? Chinese piano right here, yeah. Chinese wall. Yeah. Very pretty, very pretty melody on that one, too. That is, you know, your secret sauce, right? Your melodies. Uh, I really love that song. It's one of the best songs I've ever written, I think. You can find it on uh, Bandcamp, pizzati.bandcamp.com. It's a really good one. Yep. That's where I heard it. And I actually, you have it up on your you have a, a YouTube channel, too. I'm going to put the link so everybody can go to these these spots. Because it also has it on YouTube channel. You can subscribe there, and all the sites will be there, you know, to support these guys. Um, what's really interesting is, so I like to ask, as a songwriter... You've really been a strong songwriter through the beginning. But when you were in Big Black and you were playing bass, did you do a lot of melodic songwriting then just as a bass player? Like, how did they evolve into being the, the singer with the melody? Like, Well, I was in Naked Reagan first. Big Black practiced in the same place Naked Reagan practiced. Which is mm-hmm. Steve Levine came over to our, our coach house. We had a coach house in the north, near north side of Chicago. And uh, he came over as a friend and... I said, you know, Steve, if you ever want to put your ba- your band together, Big Black, I'd, I'd play guitar for you. So he said, sure, let's go outside and play. So we went in the basement where our recording, where our studio was. 
and I played guitar. And that's a couple of songs. Santiago came down after watching the football game. He said, "That's the worst guitar I've ever heard. I have to play guitar for you." And uh, <laughs> Santiago took over the guitar, and I took over bass. And it was that was, was three, was three for, for a long time. I was three and Roland, the, the drum machine. But uh, we had a good time, and I played uh, a couple of East Coast tours. The last, last show I played was a show with the Minutemen. No, not the show with the the, 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 the uh, Meat Puppets in yep. uh, Boston. It's a funny show. Uh, they, like, apparently, the Meat Puppets hadn't sold any tickets there. It was a really big place for the channel. And, uh, yeah. And uh, so this, this asshole came out. He runs a place and he's, he's a bouncer or something. And he said, Okay, Meat Puppets, you're getting half the money you're supposed to be paid. And Big Black, you're not going to pay anything. If you still want to play, you can play, but we're not paying you anything. And so he said, Fuck you. And we drove off. And uh, that was the last show I was involved in with Big Black, but um, Naked Rain went back there years later and played sold that show with Henry Rollins, which is good. It's the sweet revenge. But yeah. oh, I thought you actually were. I know you were just kind of in a Ray Gun. I thought it was, it was your Big Black a little bit, and then you was, in the transition period. I knew you were actually already in uh, Ray Gun before that. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. I've been both bands for a while, and it got to be too much. But I told Steve to find a bass player, and it took a while to find one, so he found one. Yeah. Um. So actually, so what's really neat? So you ended up working with Steve later on, though, when you he produced what your first album for the Bomb, right? Um, was it the first album? It was half of it. He's there. So was it different, like, from when you first knew him, and then Nelson by the time he did the album, because that was like what he he kind of hit his stride and was a bigger man. Was he kind of more into his way of doing things, or was it back to like the old way with you guys? Um, Steve does everything the old way. Steve has the only analog recording studio in the nation. I love that. The world that's left. I think he's got, in other words, he records on tape. He has a few digital pieces out there, yeah. but he doesn't have, he has all the old school stuff. with tubes and, you know, people like that. It gives a warm sound. And I think yep. uh, he recorded Jimmy Page and Robert Plant there because they liked, they understood what the sound was. And, uh, he recorded the Bush album there. He recorded Nirvana. He went out to them and recorded them. Yep. He recorded uh, Breeders, recorded a lot of good bands. And uh, so when we recorded with Steve, it was very natural. We recorded, the band recorded with him, and I think, I think Nick Reagan recorded with him too. We did the last of the Mohicans, uh, five songs there. Yeah. That's great. I mean, I respect him as a, as a musician and as an artist. I know he has his way of doing things, and I kind of like the way he's very, you know, by the book. You know, I know he takes like one salary. He doesn't get points, I don't think, right? He's very much... He has his, his his meter of doing things with dealing with the artists, and he's he's no right. no crap. It's pretty crazy. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, he'd be probably filthy rich, but he's just you know an artist artist, which is super commendable nowadays. You know, yeah, right? He, he wants to talk to the artist before he records. He doesn't want to talk to the management. He wants to talk directly to the artist. Or you talk to Iggy Pop. Iggy Pop he has to talk to Iggy Pop. He goes directly to the artist. He tells him what the deal is. He's not going to take any points. He's just going to charge you. By the hour or whatever it yep. is, like, you're a righteous dude in that manner. I think that's cool. No, I, I wasn't looking for dirt. It was more like you would both had started off, you know, in the beginnings of your bands, and then you guys had both gotten, you know, a lot of success and a lot more um, skill in recording and touring and stuff. And then you guys meeting together. I was kind of curious how, like, after each went out and learned a bunch of things and got back together again, how neat it was to work together again. That's all. Um, because Steve's a little hard to work with in the studio. He's he's uh, an idea about. What he wants to do, he doesn't like a lot of effects on stuff, and I like a lot of effects on stuff, so we bump heads a little bit on that. But um, he's great. He gets the great drum sound. He has all the cool microphones too. I sang out of a pre-Nazi German microphone. Uh, 
really old mic, it was a really wonderful, wonderful, wonderful sound to it, you know. He's had all the cool microphones. Really, that must have been a really expensive microphone too to get. Very few microphones, old microphones left anymore. So the fact he, he has did, something. Get them all. I said, yeah, see if I can find any microphones. He said, they find me. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So when you're writing songs, we'll say with Naked Ray Gun, are you going, do, do you kind of like put them in like, um, like swim lanes? Like you're like, all right, I write stuff with guitar and music for myself. And then when I, when I do a band, it's a band. And I'm just a lyricist singer. Like, how do you divvy up your song ideas? Well, each person in Naked Radio writes their own song. They, wrote, they, big, they come back with a big chunk of the song. They come back with a big chunk of the song. They come with the vocals and a melody, maybe. Yeah. And and some of the words, too. We, I, don't consider, I don't consider a song to just have chords, you know, and me to write something over it, because it's very difficult to do. The bomb recorded that way. Jeff Dean would always, Jeff Dean, if a guitar player, would always write a lot of songs. You write a lot of chords. Yeah. And they expect me to pick it up from there. Pick, pick, it's hard to pick it up from there, you know? It's a very difficult thing to do. It's sometimes sometimes they're successful, sometimes they're more than very successful. <laughs> I think Up From the Floor from uh, Indecision album is one of the great, great times when it did work. Yeah. And then there's some like Thousand Tons of Ice that I don't really care for that much that didn't work. Uh, but that's a great album. I, I, don't, I think they're all great. good. I know you're probably more critical on them yourself, but I mean, you know, you can read song credits, and sometimes they'll say like one person wrote it. But I'm always curious because I know that sometimes there's more people involved in the, the you know the creation of the song than that one person in the politics of the band. That's why I kind of am curious how songs are put together when I actually talk to the artist because there's just, just more layers to it at times. You know. Um, yeah, Pierre has written some words for some of my stuff, and uh, Pierre has written some lyrics for me. Uh, knock me down. I wrote every single note, all the guitar parts, all the guitar solo, everything. Um, wow! So it's the I wrote completely. Peacemaker I wrote completely myself. Yeah. Uh, uh, Soldier Requiem, John Haggerty wrote with Pierre. All all right, there we go. So, because so you've been kind of busy too now. Like lately, just really got, to me, it seems just to get three, you know, three big uh, things that are pulling you in. A, I know you're doing this. It's been known more now is your pet rescue that you and your fiance are doing, which is right. super cool. People don't know uh, the link. It's it is, you have an Amazon link, right? So if people want to help support it, um, they can donate or you know, right to that link. We do the Amazon link. You can, you can buy stuff on Amazon and send it to us. Yeah, uh, it really, really helps a lot. A lot. We it's kind of expensive. Sometimes. Okay. So for people that don't know, um, Jeff and his fiance. I'm sorry, I don't know her name. Are they, they rescue? Is it pretty much just raccoons. I know you got some cats, but you, you basically are saving raccoons, nursing them back to health, and then getting them back on the wild if it's possible, correct? The squirrels and possums, too. Oh, squirrels and possums? Yeah. How are the possums? Are they mean? They always seem like they're mean. They, they're the most, the most non-threatening, non-threatening animal there is. They, 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 when, you go out and you go out, when you grab them or you try to feed them or something, the eyes will... Yeah, yeah. Bite, and bite you, but they never, they never ever bite you. They never, never bite, never bite oh, you. they don't? Well, I've never gotten close. It works. See, it works so good that nobody wants to get any closer, right? Because it looks like a giant rat's going to bite you. Yeah, it's, it's really scary, but they, that's all they do. They just kind of scare you away, and they don't ever bite you. But they're really, really nice animals. Um, can't say enough about squirrels. are hilarious, too. Squirrels are just hilarious. When you, when, you, when you let them go, they go nuts, and they're really funny. Those are very funny. Run around. When you have them inside in the cage, and you walk in the room, they go nuts, you know. They do they? Or something. Really crazy, they're really funny. Raccoons are raccoons are really brilliant though. Raccoons are the brilliant ones. They, they're so smart. They're they learn so quickly. They can 
they can destroy a room in like seconds. They, 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 they that's a fuck with everything. They fuck with everything in the room. Every single thing in the room they fuck with, and they fuck with it till they break it. And they, and they all do the same thing. They all go to one, all go one way. One of the one thing. They all start doing that thing, and then they destroy that. Then they go over here and destroy that. Another so, so if you let them, if you let them out in your house, they'll destroy your house in fifteen minutes. They got that hive mentality where they all kind of gang up on something. So clearly, you and have yeah, moths in spot. Caged up. Well, we give them a living room and, and, and a dining room. I mean, dining room is their room. We have a lot of uh, fancy cages in there, and uh, we try to isolate them when we first get them ill, so they don't have sicknesses. We try to isolate them for two weeks so they don't pass diseases to each other because there's some really yep. bad respiratory diseases out there. Possums don't have any diseases, though, oddly enough. Their, their blood temperature is too low to have disease live in them. Really? Squirrels don't have too many diseases either, but raccoons have a lot of diseases, and they've had a whole. whole well, rooms of them die is really tra- tragic when it happens, but um, oh wow, it's really it's really heartbreaking because you just get attached to them. No, I can imagine. I mean, and, and it's funny because like the biggest animal lovers are usually people that are really into music. It feels like, you know, yeah. you usually see it. every musician's big on animals, so this totally makes sense that you know, you know, a guy like you who has these really great lyrics totally is you know is, is part of helping out animals. You know, that's just fantastic. Uh, yeah. So, so we'll put the link up, like I said, for people to help support this great cause. I mean, they're just doing it out of the love of helping animals, which is, you know, the most sincere kind of love you can give. You know, yeah. it's, it's a fantastic thing. Um, I, you have a actually a YouTube page too, right? For that, you have YouTube, yeah, that? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a Pizzati, uh, nature, 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 nature. That's what it is. Yep. Excellent. That's really cool. So. It's I I, I, I back to music because I could talk about I have a, I could ask you a million questions about raccoons forever. That's all I do is watch raccoon videos with my wife lately. Um, but people want to hear about something music, so we'll focus a little bit back. So for like what thirty years, you guys have a new album. It's literally, you know, it's flawless. Between the, the your last album, it's actually probably better in my eyes. Production is fantastic. It songs are so catchy, um, and you did a solo album too. Like between raccoons. Yeah, I, I, I have more solo sets put out. I have more wimpy songs to put out there. I have uh, six more, and I record those with a guy named Sam Babin out of you know, out of Iowa somewhere, and uh, he's gonna come into my studio in my house when I get when I get finished, and we're gonna record those six songs. Yeah, at least those is an EP, and I'm gonna put them together, at least an album, maybe on on CD. And uh, excited about that. That's gonna happen over the next six months. But um, Naked Reagan has one more one more album in the can. We've got we got the Riot Fest singles. Three singles that were on Ryfest Records. Yeah, the B sides they weren't very well, very well distributed because uh, Ryfest kind of went defunct there. But uh, so we're going to put those six songs on an album and put maybe five or six new ones on the album and release that. We have the cover shot already. We have the cover shot. We, we shot. Uh, Kristen's daughter actually posted the cover. Oh yeah. The photographer fell in love with her. She, she shot nine hundred photos of her. Yeah. What's great is so. We were talking about your soul stuff, but I have the titles up here. You, so many songs are super great and super catchy, but there's a couple of songs I wanted to talk to you about, like Suicide Bomb. Little effect on your voice, kind of feels kind of a little like Mid-Eastern. You kind of have a little, that's a really great song to begin with. Like, it feels like originally when punk first came out, you had Reaganomics and all kinds of crazy government stuff. And man, right now there's some really great times to get some lyrics, government-wise, what's going on in the world to write some really crazy songs, you know? Yeah, it is a good time to write. There's a lot of subject matter out there, a lot of subject matter. But uh, Suicide Bomb, I wrote, 
uh, I think it's hysterical. It's that the juxtapose it will not be a suicide bomb. Mm-hmm. He goes into the medieval chanting and like, you go to if you do a search on Google, um, search on Google, type in uh, Aramaic singing and Pope cries. Pope Pope was at this Aramaic singing concert. Yeah. and that was so great that he cried. And uh, the Aramaic singing uh, and that video on YouTube is so great. It's I tried to emulate it. It didn't do it right, 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 right job of it. But sort of it's, it was. I, I heard it. I caught it. I caught it enough. I caught what you your point. So. You really have to go on. You really have to go on YouTube and check that out. It's, I will. It's, it's absolutely awesome. It's it's these guys shift their voice up and down. And it's really cool. And these young young kids sing, and they have these clearly clear virgin voices, you know. And it's, it's just yeah. awesome. And, and um, I can't say enough about that video. But um, I tried to copy that a little bit, and then I, and the baby Aou is really funny with the girl singing baby Aou in the background. <laughs> and I think it's just hysterical juxtaposition there, and uh, I think they worked out really well. That's why I love this song. Well, what's really great is you do, you have this, you have a, uh, a push-pull in your lyrics and in the melodies with, with what you're talking about a lot in a lot of your music. I mean, you know, the comedy level in Amish's, the plural of the plural of the plural of Amish's. <laughs> there's, no, there's no such word as Amish's, it's great. I know that, but but to me, it, it's hilarious. Like, I caught that, I was like, oh, this is brilliant, you know? And or, or the fact that you talk about, you know, partridge in a tree, and you go right to Susan Day, which, of course, is a partridge, I mean... Boom! I'm like he's. You got it. You just like you know. Yeah. That's. Everybody told, told me Susan Day jogs around where he lives. He lives in upstate New York. Really? Weird. But uh, yeah, you you got it. You, you, totally, you totally you totally understand it. Son. A lot of people don't get it, but you get you get it. You get it. Oh, uh, totally. yeah. It's uh, it's really uh, it's written by written for the the the, the position of uh, the guy writing the lyrics is kind of possibly the dumbest person in the world. You know. <laughs> It's uh, it's weird. It's a, it's a funny song. I don't know. Well, it does. It feels very tongue in cheek, and it feels. I, I that's what one of my favorite things about your your lyrics are because, you know, they do always kind of move around a lot. It's not. It's they're not always what they seem to be, or if they are what they seem to be, there's a bigger there's a punch coming around the corner to the, to, to the setup, you know. Right. Yeah. The setup and the punchline. Right. He wrote, wrote, wrote a good verse in Amish's. He wrote. Uh, he wrote the third verse. He wrote. Uh, I've got a, I got I got demands, but I've got no hostages, no hostages, and no jihad too. <laughs> so the editing must have been a little bit pulling on your heartstrings on which one you wanted to keep in the songs. So yeah, I mean that like I said, that well, that song. I mean, superheroes is like super. Some really great poppy or punk songs on there a lot of hooks a lot of big hooks um living in the good times i mean i like the way broken things starts off slow and then just kicks in yeah broken things is really great broken things is eric eric wrote that it's just so touching it's mm-hmm. a point and uh really touches you it's a very emotional song and uh it's how he looks at things kind of a bummer it feels it because you're singing it's just like you and guitar but you're, you're really, it's a powerful thing. It's not like you're whispering. You're really emoting it out there. And then the next time the band jumps in with the same power of what you're doing with your voice. And yeah, we're not even talking about the lyrics. Did you know that was electric guitar in the beginning? You know, it seems like, it's, yeah, but it seems like a clean guitar though. It's not, it's not well, the, the fuzzy guitars. We made, made an acoustic guitar at the end. We recorded one as an acoustic guitar, but it originally had an electric guitar there. But uh, yeah, the words are, uh, words are really good. I like, uh, 
last verse is great. It's uh, success replaced by chaos. Good times yep. never gonna never gonna find me. I wonder what's ahead of us. For now, I'm just keeping the beat in the band company. <laughs> some telling you, this is some great, great fun lyrics. You know, it doesn't get much more credible than that. You know, and uh, another verse is great. Is uh, uh, where does it go? Uh, I don't know. Oh, no, that about my hand in my, my head in my palm, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, the whole thing, like, and I'd say, down with just that, like, the, the title, over, over the Overlords, is a great play on words. And, and but when I'm listening to it, it was really fun about listening to this album when it first came out. And I'm listening to it because it's just, it's just fun. You can hear it right at the gate. They can be, can be somebody younger um, and hear it, not know who you are, and be like, oh my God, this is great, Nick, but with, you know, whatever, they're hot topic bands. It's, it fits, it's catchy. But when you listen to it, I'm like, wait, what? I have to play it back in because your lyrics, you're like, wait, what? Because, <laughs> you know, it's a little bit more, you know? Yeah, it keeps, the album keeps giving. I think it's our best album yet. I think it's better than All Rise, and I love All Rise. Arguably, I'd have to say I'm on a, uh, yeah, maybe. So I've been listening to this one so much now. I don't know. I think I'm, I'm, I'm kind of jaded at this point because I also love the production on this one. Production's very You see Gillis? Used to be in a band called Filter. They had a oh, yeah. Yep. And a nice shot. But he, he built a studio in Chicago. I actually helped. I designed an eating air conditioning for him. My other job, my day job. But uh, Eric helped build it too. And uh, it's a great studio. And he's a real talented, talented guy. He spent a lot of time making it sound good. And I think he did a great job. And he, 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 did, he, did, he, he did a fantastic job in production. I, I'm a big production guy. I went to school for that too early on. He's he was so interested in the album and us that he. Uh, let us, let us go into debt a little bit with him and mm-hmm. be able to keep recording because of that. And also, he really, really he, he got involved in the, uh, the mastering of it. He okay. brought it down to this guy in Nashville. The guy used to be in New York City. He moved to Nashville. He's a big-time mastering guy. He actually mastered the Hotel California by the Eagle. Wow. So, and what he was doing, Steve went down there and mastered it with him. So really sounds great. That must have been awesome to do. Really yeah. exciting, huh? Well, yeah, so, okay, so actually, you brought up a good point. So you actually were, um, you said, you did, like, heating air conditioning, kind of engineering design, right? Right, yeah. It kind of ties into, because, I mean, you kind of do engineer and design a song in a certain way, too. There's a very practical way you kind of do things, you know, the way the way the brain works, your, your wheelhouse. Yeah, that's yeah, true. I put it together that same way, engineering, yeah, the pieces, yeah. Uh, you know, I can imagine, um, which is kind of interesting, how did... How did you end up doing that? Uh, like between all the music, is that just something you, you just naturally were into, mechanically? My dad, my dad owned a, a big country, a decent sized country company in Chicago. They did heating air conditioning. My father yeah. owned it, and I went to. He said, "If you if you, if you graduate as mechanical engineer in college, I'll hire you right off." That's so I, I went to school as an engineer. I went to school at U of I, but at U of I in Chicago, so I could be in a band. Mm-hmm. And I, I was a Nick Reagan the whole time I was in college, and and graduated. The Bachelor of Science in, in uh, Mechanical Engineering. I didn't work for my dad. I didn't know how to do anything at first. He said, I don't know, know all the theory, but I didn't know any, any practical stuff. So every day I would sit in my office and I would go and I'd go into his office. After that, I'd try to, I just had a problem. I'd sit there and wait till he got off the phone. It took a half hour. He would, I'd say, Dad, how do you do this? And he'd tell me how to do it. And I became a really good engineer. I became I, a guy. My dad sold his company to a big corporation in Chicago, a company that had like 30 companies our size. Wow. And, and uh, and I ran it for nine years, and then this, this young whippersnapper salesman came along, said, "We got to leave here. We got to start our own company." So we bought an old guy, an older fellow's company 
in, in Summit, Illinois, in Sixties in Ireland, Summit, Illinois, but it was Summit. And uh, he didn't have anybody to leave his company to, so we bought it from him and we, we, we increased the sales. I was there and Dave was there, we increased the sales from a million dollars a year sales to $12 million a year sales. Wow. In the, uh, in the six or seven years I was there, and he bought me out and uh, I retired then. Good, congratulations on that. And uh, well, I, I really like engineering. Engineering is, is wonderful. I used to like AutoCAD, I used to like, like drafting and drawing and uh, making things work and solving people's problems. Like, things work, yeah. You go into some factory and solve the problem if you feel really good about it. You know, like, so. But as a songwriter, it feels like it ties in to a lot of the layers in your songs and the, the music and the lyrics and the melodies that overlap. It feels like it's in, like it's not like engineered as in like a fabricated pop song, but it's engineered as it's got a lot of moving parts to it that have to work together and complement each other without working against each other. Because too much will pull away, but you, it's a balance, you know. Yeah, Bill says. Bill always says Jeff comes to practice with his songs, and we say this is this really a song? It doesn't sound like it's done, but it is done. It's just really, it's subtleties to it, you know, like 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 uh, like you say on Suicide Bomb at the end. The, the chorus, the chorus before the very end, it's got the girl singing, ah, 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 yeah. and it's got it's a how go with the guitar part, but it does go with the guitar part perfectly, you know. It, and then the, the, the guitar is climbing up, and that's like doing that thing, but it fits perfectly somehow. I don't know. It's, really good. it's great. It's it's kind of like smart punk because it's not. And I, I think it's really, I think actually the more you, more you know about, you know, people that are punk musicians, a lot of them are very like well-educated, got degrees and stuff you wouldn't think, you know, it's really funny that people have that, you know, they look down, you know what I'm saying? Oh, they're just a punker. They don't really know much. But a lot of punk people know way more than everybody else. They just choose not to, you know, be elitist. Choose not to participate in the mainstream, you know? Yeah. They, uh... I know a lot of punk people, punk actors like Pierre Kezzi is the most genius guy there ever was. He just never went to college. His brother's yep. a lawyer, a state attorney, state attorney for Illinois, he prosecutes people, put them in jail. His brother was a singer for the Apaches, you know? And uh, and then uh, I know Sonny Otto Durango is a, is a lawyer too. He works out of Ottawa. He, oh, yeah. He just, he just, he just, he just people off death row. I said, does it ever work? He said, no, it never works. <laughs> he said, he said, I get him, I tried to he, he send this community from death row to like, Prison, no prison without parole. You know, is he, is I don't know. I, I guess it's better than nothing. I don't know. Well, and that's the thing. I actually, I just talked to, I've talked to someone on the show. Someone else was, they went to school, became a, they're a lawyer, and then they're a musician, and then they became a lawyer again for a couple of years, and then they went back, another musician. You know, you know, there's a lot of naturally intelligent people in the music business that are just, you know, putting their efforts yeah, into different creative sources. I run into a lot of smart people in the punk rock business. They, yeah. they're, so, they're so genius. It's a genius. They don't, they don't register as geniuses. You know, they, they go to school, they could, they could become world dominators, but they don't fuse that. They don't, that doesn't matter to them. What matters to them is music, you know. It's, well, I, to me, I think, you know, and we can even harken back to the, it's also late, kind of like pulled into a question is, the do it yourself. Punk, the best thing about punk was like, you're like, I, you know what? I saw this. I want to do it myself. We're talking about like in the you know, late 70s, early 80s. I can do this. We're going to learn an instrument and, and, um, promote ourselves and get with friends and if we're going to travel and sleep on a couch, you know, that's a work ethic right there. That is not a lazy person. You know, it's creative. That's you're doing promotion. You're sacrificing because you're not living comfortable because you're not going off to college and you know, whatever you, you know, you're really doing what you believed in. You, then you're performing as an artist. I mean, there's a lot of hats there. 
And when it, when it first started, there was no audience, you know, was Black, 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 Black Flag would play every single town there was to no audience. Yeah. Black Flag toured, toured forever. They toured every little town there ever was. And they, they played to 16 people most of the time, you know, but then they got enormous because of it. And they, those are real smart guys too. Greg Ginn, Chuck Tukowski, nobody smarter than him. I mean, Ronald, nobody smarter than him. Yep. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Those three guys are brilliant yeah. people. And, uh, I can't say enough about them. But and once again, we're, it's a hardworking group. You know what I mean? You, you put the effort in, but it's just advertising, this promotion. Even, I mean, look at now with punks, you know, a lot of, is, is this, the symbol is, is just really branding. You know what I mean? Everyone knows Black Flag now. It's a tattoo. It's a shirt. It's a brand. You know? And it's, a lot of um, bands that come up with their own insignias that have become bigger bigger than them at some points. You know what I mean? Where it's recognized. Which yeah, is sure. business. There's a whole, like... Uh... Yeah. yeah minor, minor threat things, minor threat too. Old minor threat house. All those guys, all those guys are brilliant too. Yep. You're right. And nowadays, so what's really interesting, do, do you think, I mean, I, I do, but it's always interesting because you're more, you're obviously living it. I think these times are even more ripe again to be more punk again and do it yourself because you don't, once again, it's not the big record labels dominating the world. You know, everybody can sit in their living room and do it. Also, to the point where it gets too much and it's awfully not good. Is that for everybody? You know what I mean? <laughs> we we almost put out the record ourselves. We we take it around. We were asked by a West Coast label uh, to, to to put it out, and we almost had a deal there. But then they decided to maybe we would do it ourselves, and then we decided not to do it ourselves because it would require somebody sitting around a room, like you said, sitting around a room all day long and pushing your record. And you mm-hmm. you do that. You can spend as much time. You be almost you can almost be as big as you want to be. Yeah. You just spend more time doing it. Every day and do it every day and every day and every day. Push it, push it, push it. Eventually, yeah. you'll get it done. You'll get it done. But we decided on Wax Rice Records. Wax Rice Records is a, was a record store in Chicago, one of the first punk rock, one of the first punk rock record stores in Chicago. They were it was run by a guy named Jim Nash and Danny. I don't know if you know the whole history of them, but you bore you with that? Uh, yeah, a little bit, yeah. They, uh, they, 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 they put out Strike Under 001, which Pierre was part of, Strike Under, band, mm-hmm. like a Chicago band. Great record if you can find it. I think they reissued it. It's but, like uh, a punk, you know, wax track. I mean, you know, you've, you've heard of them. I mean, they're, they're they have a good reputation themselves. The Sorn Dunder the same name, but um, they're affiliated with them. But um, they, uh, I might be in Kansas City actually. But uh, they, uh, every time I walk in the, the wax tracks, Jim Nash would say, "Hey Jeff, listen to this. You know, Joy Division song. I knew this song. I knew that song." And I and eventually I would buy it, you know. And, and, and they were all great. It was great, great music. Great. They really turned out a lot of people into a lot of great music. Then um, he passed away, and Danny passed away, and it was there. Right, was no no more for a long time. And they, when they were, when they were around, they put out a lot of industrial music, they like Front mm-hmm. Four Two and Ministry, and a lot of. Yep. Uh, my, my, That's where I heard him from. Ministry. My life was real kill call. Yep. Frankie Diablo. And uh, they put out a lot of Palehead, Eric, Eric, Eric especially if he drummed the Palehead song. Mm-hmm. I think he's, he's, and that sells really well. But um, then his daughter, Jim Julian Ash, decided to put the album, put the, the record label back together. And so we thought it'd be a good mesh. So we, we presented them with our record and they, they really loved it. So they decided to do it. Although we're, we're mostly on a label with, with uh, industrial bands, we think it fits anyway. It fits. They're doing a good job pushing that record. So, well, it's worked out well. It's been, a, you know, and it's neat because, like I said, yeah, with punk, I mean, you can do it yourself and you can push yourself, and it's a different, different world. Now, so you, so you're saying you actually have another album? You guys already recorded? 
Well, the six songs are done. We have to write to, together and write the plot of the five songs. They're not, they're not started yet. And Bill has really pieces of two songs already. I have, I have some thoughts about one, but um, they're not really songs yet. They're, they're in the can. So, what's the plan? Are you going to wait and do a little bit? Are you going to try doing some touring with this with this album a little bit? Yeah, it'll probably be at least a year before it's out. Yeah. I mean, because I know you are retired or semi-retired. Are you just retired from unfun stuff? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I got I got ill when I was forty-two years old. I got Parkinson's. Yeah, and I've been fighting that for a long time. But uh, it, it's just like I got it under control. It's it don't shake too much, you know. You, but, you're you're great. It's a little it's a little hard on your voice because you have to practice it. I, I have to sing a lot. I sing for like two weeks straight before I get my voice back. I yeah. can do that, and then and it's a balancing. I, I, I tip over a lot, and uh, that's a balancing of being on stage. So hopefully I'll be able to get back on stage, but um, we'll see how it goes. Oh, I was trying to do drugs and stuff. And, I'm sorry, does, does being on the road, like also because battling, you know, because you're almost in a battle with your body, it's probably going to be a challenge also if you're touring or something, right? Because you got to be on a normal schedule and eating, and I imagine you want to have the perfect situation for yourself every day to maximize your use of your body, right? Ideally, you'd play every other day, you know, but usually on tour, you play every day. You drive for eight hours and see, oh, see the alley and see darkness. You don't, you don't ever, ever out in the daytime. No, you're just in a van the whole day. But if we could, since it's a little bigger, we can afford to maybe take a day off in between every show. That would, that would really help me out. Maybe we might tour like that. But we played the West Coast. We played like, you know, 11 shows in 12 days or something. It was pretty grueling. How was that? That was, so when did you start realizing you had Parkinson's and you, you started, it started to affect you in playing? I was 42. Yeah. I, I was less diagnosed, oh, diagnosed with it. Now I'm 61. So a long time ago. Uh, I did it for 19 years. But uh, I, I have a different thought of Parkinson's than most people do. I have Parkinson's. I think you should never let the symptoms get so bad that, 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 they're, that they're bad, you know? Because if you can go really low, you can become shaking a little blob of jelly on the floor if you're not careful and right. uh i like to i like to stay up on my dopamine i found like kristen found kristen my fiance found this natural bean out of india it's ground up and ships it, ship it over here by the caseload and i, I yeah. take it I take, I take one teaspoon with it every dose of my medicine so i take it four times a day yeah one, one tablespoon a tablespoon i mean and uh it keeps me steady it's like it's like it's like all dopamine so it keeps you up and it, and it really kind of knocks down the uh, the symptoms a lot. Helps a lot. Wow. I tried some CBD stuff recently. It's kind of straightened me out too. Uh, uh, low THC content, you know, some pop. Well, it's inspirational what you're doing too. Like some people, you know, when they get sick or they have a health issue, they stop everything. Yeah. You know, you, you do more than, you know, somebody that doesn't have it, which is very inspirational, you know. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, it's a battle. It's a battle every day. It's not, it's not curable, but it's treatable. And uh, someday they might have a cure for it. It'd be nice. But, uh, It'd be nice. Time. I mean, you, yeah, you, I think you, you manage it to the best of your ability and you maximize yourself. And it's fantastic. It really is. So, yeah, living day to day. But um, it, the fact you've had as long as you have, and, and like you said, this, this album is just, it sounds like it was done by a bunch of 18 year olds. You know, yeah. the vocals yeah. and the energy. I don't even know. Where you get it? I'm 51. I'd be like, I'd be exhausted recording that album. <laughs> we like the album. Bill wrote Bill wrote uh, Superheroes a long time ago. He wrote for a yeah. band called The Tarts. He had a band when the Bombers were first around, like in 2000, 2001. He was in a band called The Tarts. He never really went anywhere. But I was going to sign to my record label, Jettison Music, for a while there. Yeah. 
they decided not to sign with me, but you know, Jettison Music went defunct eventually. But Starts, starts actually to press their album. It's available in very limited quantities. He's, he's yeah. Has about, well, it's about 100 of them or something. So, there's a great song in there, though. It is. It's a great song. And I think it works well with you. You Obviously, I mean, it's, I'm looking over the tracks again. It's, I was just listening to it again tonight. You know, and the, all the songs are good, but I really got to say, Broken Things, like it's, it's to me, like, Suicide Bomb, the Broken Things, Amishes, to me, is like the, the biggest, is like the, the triple punch for me on the album. Like, my, probably my three favorites all go together. Right, good. Right. You know? Yeah. It's, 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 a good, it's a good song. The other thing is when you make an album, it's, it's good to make the songs, how they all work together, like in a linear thing. You want to have their, all the songs work next to next to next to the order. It's very important. You know, and I think sometimes it gets neglected. Like, it's just thrown on. Or it's just, I don't know what they're thinking when they put them together. It took, it took a long time to decide on that album or album order. We, we kind of presented it like it was A side and B side actually. It was really made for vinyl release. Um, worked out really well, so we put a strong song on the first side, first side of the, the first side of the flip yep. side, you know, strong song at the end. So we kind of thought of it that way as an album, as an album one, one complete thought, song by song. They have to go into each other nicely. They have to write on a gap in between songs. Is mm-hmm. that some of the, some of the noise stuff that's going on in the beginning? Yeah, he jumps right in, jumps right in to go all the spoils, you know. He feeds it back and jumps right in, and he slams in, and then after that, the gap is very important too because you just you just you just feel a certain time of song to start, you know. I think it actually flatters. It, it actually can flatter a song. Like you like this is an okay song, and if another good song leads you into it after a while, like you know what, I didn't get this before. This is a really good song. If you have a good lead in, another one, you know, that's what good continuity in songwriting is. And I mean, in in, in putting the songs in a good order. Otherwise, it's like, you know, the cassettes or whatever, you know, records, you're skipping songs. That's, that's usually when you have a really bad order or just a bunch of bad songs, filler songs, you know what I mean? It's one or the other if you're skipping songs. I think this album doesn't have any filler songs, luckily. Yeah. That's... I mean, like the Buzz Hacks, had hardly any, had, yep. had hardly any filler songs, you know? Maybe when we had one, maybe Mad Mad Judy. That's about it. <laughs> I hear the Buzz Cox and the, the energy in it, too, there. And actually, what song? I don't know. It was recently. I heard you. I heard you were singing a song, and it felt very Morrissey-like. It's beautiful, beautiful song. I can't think of what it was off the top of my head. Oh. No one. No, I think it was a newer one. I heard you. It was off a radio. I hadn't heard it. Um, it was off an interview you did with someone, and they were playing uh, some of your songs. Is it? Uh, uh... I don't know the name of it. I know it's beautiful. I want to hunt it down. So that's why I want to know. Is it on uh, Reagan? Is it the song called uh, Promises? It might be. I'll have to go back and. This is a magic moment. The sauce is tuning, a toss in the din. The kiss room's cutting. Empty, empty lie will be tossed out in gin. Johnny High Time says? I don't know. But I could, in your voice, I almost felt a little bit of that fun, sor- sorrowy melancholy that you know, Morrissey can do. Not that he sounded like Morrissey, but. It, you took a piece of that melancholy, which is really great. Yeah. We listen to a lot of Marcy around my house. We have the Alexa app and we listen to, we have a playlist and we get Marcy all over. Oh, Marcy. We, my wife has got me into Marcy and the Smiths. She's like, you didn't know, you didn't listen to it back then in the day. I do now. They're very good. They're very, very good band. All the Smiths and Marcy. Yeah. You have enough to do it about them. I really love the, those two groups. But uh, a guy from bass, a guy from Chicago played bass with Marcy when he toured. Oh yeah? Yeah. That's really great. Um, so, 
I want to thank you for giving some time today and for your, you know, your raccoons. I know, I know you're fixing up your house and you're, you're always doing something. You're a busy man. Yeah, I got a lot of free time. You know, I, I should just allow more than I do, but I try to do something, every, a little bit of something every day. Right now I'm working at my studio slash game room slash, slash, uh, studio and it's gonna be one room right above me actually nice but, uh, but, but it's probably is it, is it better for you i'm sorry i didn't mean to step on you is it better probably for you to be physically better doing stuff too with parkinson's to, yeah, right. to keep yourself going yeah, you gotta move around every day i do i do a set of exercises you do twice a day you want to do it once so i took physical therapy at the local hospital here yeah really good for me for a while there i kind of regressed a little bit since then but we move around good then but um yeah you gotta keep moving you gotta keep moving yeah my mom's 89. I went to 90 this year. She gets you. Women live forever. Yeah. Yeah. In my family, too, they live forever. The guys, we're lucky. I'm like, I'm 51. My, I'm like, I hear, I hear the clock ticking at 51. Yeah. The women in my family, you know, like like Betty White. Yeah, in the yeah. 90s. So, you know, that's a different stock. So people want to be able to go out. We'll put the links up for all the stuff. Check out the new Naked Reagan album if you're not aware of it. If you're not aware of Naked Reagan you've been you've been warned um check out the, also the band the bomb it, it's another great band you're in it is the bomb because that's the pun everybody makes for that album but it's it's really good um the new album's great you have some solo stuff out just really good um which we were talking about earlier on you play the piano it's uh half a chinese wall right you can tell half a half a chinese called, wall uh, the sign is called uh um it's like half a chinese wall no it's called uh Make me whole. It's really pretty. Make me whole. Make me whole. It's yep. The Chinese wall is part of the course. That's what I'm thinking. I'm sticking to that part. The Chinese wall part. The name is Chinese wall. So this is both. And yeah. There should be a man with both names. And some people would call it the Chinese wall song. But yeah. Um, it, it, so he's got some great solo stuff. Uh, it's like an EP right now. It's on your. It's on your band camp, and you have a web page for that. I'm sorry, you have a YouTube page for that. And we have a YouTube page for your your nature pets, which I'll put up so they can people, you know, if they want to donate to your, your Amazon account for the animals too. And, you know, keep your eyes your eyes and ears filled. You got a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to work on guitar hangers hanging on the guitars on the wall. Like you get, where are you? What kind of space, what space are you in there? Which one? What space are you in? This is, well, this is my, 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 my basement. My wife hung up all our instruments. My kids play and I play. So we have a full, oh, sorry, I just put a graphic up here. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a full working, like, you know, area. Yeah. There's yeah. a keyboard in here and like all kinds of uh, amps. Oh, you cool. can't see them. Um, there we go. Cool. Vox, and I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, Vox amps and orange amps. Those are my favorite sounds. And um, I like guitars that are pawn shop guitars, you know? You get it for forty dollars, and it's a great guitar or something crazy because that's the best beat up sound. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, I think you can make any guitar sound pretty decent by the right amp. But um, I'm trying to put my guitars on the wall now in my studio, but it's a it's a plaster building, so it's a little rough. Well, they have these. They have a bunch of different things. If you go look, and there's some that do like the side hangs. You know, it's like a, it's like a one so you can brace them. So maybe you can like mount something in them and do the, the screws on each end, and you can just hang them in between if it's got enough strength. These are just the regular hooks, yeah. yeah um, my wife's like, I gotta hang those. It has to make it look nice down there for you, because we have them everywhere. <laughs> yeah, we got like my um, like kids play ukuleles, got some bass guitars, um, acoustics. 
that this, this acoustic right here is my my daughter's and she plays bass and um she's my kids have played out and that guitar is the same one that um peter torque bought the most exact same guitar at uh when we bought that one we just we just missed him and he bought the same guitar from the monkeys this was obviously a while back because he's not around anymore is it mar mar it's a, it's a luna okay. yeah sounds great we were, we were sponsored by it for five minutes we were sponsored by guitar maybe we were sponsored by uh let's get on over here this we sponsored by this company washburn oh yeah yeah five minutes and we got they bill got a bill got a bill got an acoustic guitar the, the guy built it the guy actually made it at the factory he, he made it and he handed it to bill and he gave it to him with a handmade washburn acoustic guitar that's nice it's this this i gave it to me it's a semi-hollow body it's got one one front hole one friend, is hollow. That's the, you know that's next on my list is a hollow body. Yeah, this is hollow. I like this. They sound beautiful. And I, I got I got my, my favorite favorite instrument though is my bass. I have a I have a Rickenbacker four thousand two with black with white piping on it. The seventy two ninety seventy two. Our, our drummer for the bomb founded a guitar and I can sign it. See pawn shop right. My shop, I said, I can start or something. Yep. And I said, all I said to him is, don't leave the, don't leave the shop without it. Yeah. You regret it. 350 bucks for it. It's worth about 1700 you know? It's probably super cheap. I got a guitar from somebody online. I bought, I wanted a flying V and I went down and they had tape over it and I bought it for like, I don't know, 30 bucks. I got it out of 30 bucks. I got home. I took it off. It was like, um, like area, an Aria Pro 2. It would end up being like a $600 guitar. Um, I don't. There's another guitar too. I got for forty bucks. Another one, another uh, Strat style Aria Pro from somebody else online. Crazy. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you find deals out there. Uh, Bill has two Rickenbacker Alabody guitars. You know. Oh yeah. If you put it, if you put on a Rickenbacker Alabody guitar, you look like a guitar. You look like a real guitar player. I don't know who you are. Yeah. But you, look, you know what you're doing. So I, I always like to be where his guitar when play it live. Right? Yeah, I, I, you know, they're great. All right, my friend, I want to thank you very much yeah. for being on the show, and I'll send a link.